I'm more likely to do a JV with somebody that I really know a lot better, that really has trusted me, more likely has met me. We've known each other for more time. What's going on, guys? This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Ari Schneider from Capel Real Estate. Ari is a successful real estate investor who escaped the corporate world. We're going to talk about that today. And the the real meat, the information of this discussion is comparing joint ventures to syndications. Ari uses the joint joint venture model in his real estate investments. And today he's going to tell you about what he does, how he partners with other people, how they partner with him, what they bring to the table, the types of deals that they do, and the blue ocean strategy that Ari used to get him out of the corporate world. Ari, again, he's going to tell you all about this, but he was a product innovator for Hershey's. Specifically, he worked on the Reese's Cup line. I've got one. For those of you listening to the audio, I've got one sitting here. You probably hear the wrapper crinkle in. And he had some pretty exciting innovations. Again, he's going to tell you about that today, some products that he was integral in the development of. He, you know, we could just say he had the idea of some important products from the Reese's line that you may have heard of. This is the guy. And... Some things happen, and now, in the interim there, some things happen, and now he is a full-time real estate investor taking down apartment deals using the joint venture model. And today, you're gonna learn about how that joint venture model works and how it compares and contrasts to syndications. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the returns. You know, like I said, I'm a real estate syndicator, right? And Ari's going to bring some of the talk to you some about uh, the strengths and comparative weaknesses of his joint venture model, the strengths of his joint venture model to some of the weaknesses of syndication investing. I think it's important for folks to understand uh, all of these things. And you know what? It's it's great. I stand behind syndications, but it's not for everybody. And Ari is going to tell you about another potential strategy that might be the right fit for you today. So without any further ado, here we go with Ari Schneider from Capel Real Estate. Ari, thank you for joining us today. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Taylor. Really honored to be on the show. Hey, it's great to talk with you again. And you have an awesome story. We have a lot of important information to deliver to the listeners today. Before we get to that information, can you tell us a bit about your background and where you came from? Absolutely. You know, I, uh, my background is really in marketing and sales, um, having worked in blue chip companies for about 12 years, you know, companies like Hershey, Kraft, and Reckitt Ben, ben Kieser, and uh, most recently Hershey. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, living in central PA and uh, seeing, you know, good value, you know, real estate, we decided to invest here, uh, you know, to build our asset column, both my wife and I uh, work. So really, it's this area is such a good place for real estate. If I was living in New York City, let's say, or somewhere like that, or San Francisco, I don't know if I would have uh, gotten into real estate. But I think that this area is one of the big reasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we were having a conversation before we hit record. You're investing in an area where I grew up, so I'm I'm very very curious about all the deals that you're doing and everything, and and everything that you've done in the area, and mm -hmm. you know. I, I really want to dig into that and, and how you're doing these deals, accomplishing those deals. But can you tell our listeners about 
your you know real estate bona fides and the things that you've done uh, while you were a busy professional and now that you're out of the busy professional world? Yeah, absolutely. I think really, you know, when I was uh, working at Hershey Company most recently, um, they put me on uh, new product development for the Reese's brand. So I went across the country and everyone said the same thing. Do not change it. It's perfect the way it is. Chocolate and peanut butter, please don't change it. And as a new products guy, I was like, oh, this is kind of tough. What am I supposed to do now? Um, but we did find out, you know, a group of people, we brainstormed together and find out what they like. They Consumers, they love the pieces and the cups. Why don't we put the pieces in the cups? Awesome plus awesome equals mind blown. $100 million idea. I you know, worked on it with a, a great team. And after that, they, they kind of patted me on the head and say, good job, Ari. Uh, keep thinking up with some, something new. And then I kind of realized, you know what? I got to start you know, taking care of my own business. I got to do kind of my own hustle because in corporate America, you, know, you got an expiration date after a certain point. So you really have to you know, build your own asset column to take care of yourself and your family's uh, financial future. So really, that's a big, you know, big impetus that I started looking into real estate investing. Um, you know, that was about five-ish years ago and probably about, you know, 75 units later in, in the real estate portfolio that we have. You know, we're here now. I'm now full-time uh, real estate investing as of February. So um, that, that's kind of how I got into it. That's awesome. That's that's fantastic. And I love the example. And I must thank you for that innovation because I love the cups. I love the pieces and I love the pieces in the cup. So that was uh, that was brilliant. I, I stole a Reese's cup from my girlfriend there you here go. just so I could, awesome, I could have man. a prop for us today. But um, the way in which you're doing the deals today and how you're funding these deals, you're doing them in a different way from you know, what we have discussed on the show many times. We've discussed yeah. syndication, but the way you're funding yeah. them and you're partnering with with investors, things like that. Can you tell us about kind of the setup and, and what you're doing and why you're doing it? For me, I kind of, when I got into real estate, I, I knew that, you know, on among a lot of different things, I'm not the kind of, I'm not the smartest tool, you know, I'm not the smartest person out there. So basically, if I have less competition, I'm going to be much more likely to be successful. So on one end, you had a lot of people that did single family home, whether it's flips, duplex, triplex, things like that, that a lot of local contractors and real estate investors could get into. On the other side, you had the 100 plus units that institutional money from New York, Philly, and places like that in Jersey uh, got into. But there's this place in the middle, kind of these you know, 15 unit, eight unit, um, 25 unit, uh, 30 unit properties that you have much less competition because the little guys are scared of them and the big guys don't pay attention to them, right? So I started with single family home and then I kind of did the math and I said, well, it's going to take me probably 15 to 20 years to get to financial independence. Why don't I go to something a little bit bigger? So, um, you know, I looked at a, and another thing that I did is I looked at a submarket that a lot of people weren't looking at in central PA in this region. So in this region, there's a lot of counties and cities that everybody's like investing in and very excited about. And then there's some for whatever reason that doesn't get, you know, don't get as much attention. And so I kind of had a asset type that not everyone was looking at in a market that wasn't all everyone looking at. And when I put those two together, I had limited, very, very limited competition. So um, I was at a meetup and this guy basically said, hey, I'm selling my 20 unit building. Um, is anyone interested? And for whatever reason, 
not a lot of people like talk to the guy or anything. Like I was like the only guy that went up there and was like, tell me about it. I really want to buy this. You know, let, let me look at it. Yeah. So, you know, long story short, we got it under agreement at, you know, after a week and uh, we raised the money and we closed on it and, and it's, and it's a really good asset for us, but how we're doing it differently is we're not kind of doing the traditional syndication. So this is another thing that I just do a little, little bit differently. We're actually forming uh, joint ventures um, with different uh, investors that are interested in getting a little bit more ownership and control over their real estate assets. And, you know, it's, it's people that I have, you know, good relationships with and, uh, and we have, and have had, you know, pretty good results with it. Um, just because I think a lot of times the traditional syndications, you know, you really, you don't have as much control, you know, I think during this coronavirus, there's a lot of people that haven't got distributions, right? And it wasn't really their choice to not get distributions. They didn't really have a say and they didn't get distribution. So think about why are you getting into real estate investing in, in the first time, in the first place? It's different than the stock market. You have more control, um, things like that. With a joint venture, you know, your name is on the deed. Like you're part of the company. You're a lot of times your majority ownership of this company that owns these assets. And, you know, you have a bigger say, you have a bigger impact, and it can really have a bigger impact on your, on your wealth, um, because that upside, you're going to get more of it. So I think that it's a really good proposition um, for an investor um, to get into, you know, a joint venture in real estate. So we bring up a lot of great points of passive investing and syndication, you do not have control. You give up a lot of that control. Um, but you know, with a, with a JV, you as a, an investor in a JV, you need to have active participation. You actually need to have active participation and involvement with the company. So with your setups, you know, what does that typically look like? How, what are these folks handling? Are they out of the area? Are they local? You know, tell us about uh, that deal structure a little bit. Runs the gamut from out of the or. Uh, area and local. Um, the involvement can be, you know, from a tax perspective, you know, wanting to be in charge of, you know, the tax side of things to make sure that the tax benefits are maximized. A role like that is a role that qualifies being, you know, uh, you know, a member of a joint venture. I'm doing, um, for the most part, except for one, where I had a guy who did a lot, wanted to do the asset management and has done the asset management before on stuff. I'm usually doing most of the asset management, finding the deal, getting it under agreement. I do use, you know, I do work with uh, joint venture partners in, across joint ventureships to have, you know, uh, help with the financing because sometimes we've had to have people guarantee a loan, right? And then you get a piece of, of the deal um, for adding that sort of value, right? If you either you guarantee a loan or you have financing relationships that allow us to get a better rate. Um, or many other things. So there's many uh, roles that an investor can play within a joint venture that technically, yes, you're, you're active, but it actually doesn't take a ton of time at all. It's really lending you know, your expertise, your contacts, your know-how, and that's where you can really get outsized you know, benefits um, from the uh, real estate investing. I think as a passive investor in a syndication, you get a lot of benefits too, but your upside's kind of capped. Um, if you want to take, you know, be a part of JV, I think you have more potential upside. I can see from the 
investor perspective from the folks you're partnering with perspective, there are a lot more moving pieces, right? So let's, again, we're still comparing and contrasting uh, JVs and syndications here. If I want to passively invest in a syndication, for example, I decide I want to passively invest in a syndication. I need to go find and meet syndicators, vet them and get on their deal list and then evaluate their deals and then invest in one basically. And there are a lot out there. I can build that deal flow. That's all established and there are ways to do that. Whereas if I want to go find Ari, I mean, Ari's here right now, but if I want to go find another Ari, there are more moving pieces for the investor. So what are your thoughts about kind of putting these deals together, especially if somebody out there is looking for their Ari? Yeah, I would, I would say that, um, you know, the, the first, if you already have the decision that you want to do um, real estate investing, you can do um, uh, it on a many different, and it's just a spectrum. So, you know, one side of the spectrum is you go into a REIT where you don't know what's being invested in. You just put money and you just kind of get a return. It's closer to the stock market. Then you can do a syndication where you're putting $100,000 or $50,000 and you get a set return or preferred return or not. And you kind of know what's going on, but you don't know too much. Too much that's going on. Then you got a joint venture, you know, where you're investing in, and you have, you know, and you, you like your name is on the deed, like you're part of the company that owns and operates uh, the property. So you have more ownership say. So you probably own a bigger percentage, and you have a bigger percent of the upside. Also, the downside, right? So you're a little, you're even with syndications, you're not protected though. I mean, if it, if it goes bust, it goes bust. This is an investment. And then on the other, other side of that spectrum is you go and buy an investment hundred percent yourself. Um, you know, you can property manage it or self-manage it. Um, this is just a different way to invest along the real estate investing spectrum, somewhere between, you know, you owning it with a buddy or you owning it all yourself and a syndication, because I just feel that with syndication, you know, with people not get, getting distributions during COVID and feeling like they don't have, you know, control, how different is that really than the stock market? You know what I mean? How, how different is, you know, it is, it is and it isn't. So I would just encourage people to, to consider uh, joint ventures as a different way to invest in real estate as it could be in complement to what they're already doing and a complement to the other sort of investments that they're doing. Sure. Absolutely. I think that's in the spectrum model or method of thinking about it that you laid out certainly makes a lot of sense, but I want to go back to that question of, you know, finding Ari, where's Ari yeah. hanging out? Not just, not just Ari, but any Ari's out there. Um, syndicators, syndicators have websites, they have sign up forms. I can go, you know, it's not hard comparatively to find syndicators. Anybody out there, if you're having trouble finding syndicators, I'll help you find syndicators, not just myself, yeah. but finding the Ari's out there seems to me a little more difficult. Maybe I'm wrong. How am I, am I, am I wrong about that? Me particularly, I've got a website and I've got, you know, uh, YouTube and, and I'm very uh, active in social media, much like a lot of other syndicators. And a lot of times other people that have done syndication, they may have started as a JV and then eventually kind of gone there. You know, a lot of people that do JVs are not as likely to be um, as active on, you know, and easy to find as people that, are doing syndications, but they are out there. It's a little bit, I think, more word of mouth. You know, I think it's a difference between, you know, it's a difference between going with a, you know, a big name commercial real estate firm and maybe a, a more smaller firm that you know that's a little bit more boutique that 
So I, I think I would say that, you know, the marketplace for people just doing uh, joint ventures is not the same as syndicators. And also it's like, you're, I'm more likely to do it with somebody that I have more of a substantive relationship with. Not to say that people that do syndications don't, that a lot of them do. Many of them do. As regulation, I think you have to, but I'm more likely to do a JV with somebody that I really know a lot better, that really has trusted me, more likely has met me. We've known each other for more time. Not to say that you, know, you can build that, but it's just, a, it's just a little bit more of a boutique feel, I would say. Hmm, okay. Yeah. I know some folks doing uh, a, a similar structure in mobile home parks and, you know, it's, they don't uh, talk about it so much, but it's definitely, it's definitely out there. There are people doing these things and, and they are out there um, to be found and, and partnered with. Now, I also, I want to make sure we touch on the deals that you look for uh, once more and really kind of drill into uh, what that means for you because of in, in talking about this with you, it seems you really carved out quite a, a blue ocean for yourself and we don't want to make your particular ocean red, but if folks out there are looking for their own blue ocean, you know, want to walk through that thought process again so people can look for their own little niches of areas where they can be uh, competitive. Absolutely. So I would say that, you know, the first thing that I started, you know, if I look at my investment criteria, it's really only places that there is pe- there is uh, population growth. We live in a we invest around central Pennsylvania, and there's pockets that do not have population growth and economic growth. And you can buy a 13 cap triplex, but <laughs> I don't think it's a good investment at the end of the day, right? We only invest in places with population growth, economic growth, right? And there are enough of those that not everybody else is investing in. I think, you know, there's a good website, bestplaces.net, put the zip code in, see where the population is going, see what's happening with the economy. The second thing is, you know, the type of deal. There are so many people that are investing in single, double, fourplex, things like that. There's a lot of, you know, eight plexes, nine plexes, 15. We're now under agreement on a 14 unit. We just closed on a 21 unit uh, portfolio that, it just has a lot less competition, right? I was having already bought stuff like that. You already put yourself at the top of the list. You're the best buyer for that particular asset, right? If a 150 unit comes on the market, I'm not necessarily going to be the best buyer. There's going to be people nationally that are going to be competing that that have you know a much stronger uh, you know track record of, of having done that, right? So it's it's kind of like doing that. It's kind of just being. It's just differentiating myself uh, in that way. Also, kind of the focus, like Taylor, like we spoke about earlier, like you know, I was I looked at a at a uh, self storage deal that was like a awesome deal, but I didn't really realize it at the time. I was really focused on you know multifamily and uh, missed out on a deal that was was re- you know was really good. But then again, like to shift to be a you know operator of a self storage is 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 quite a difference. So. Um, I just, I just basically, I wanted to look where there not as many people were going. And so I just looked at asset type location. Um, and, uh, that's kind of where I, where I ended. Yeah. Well, I think it's, that goes to show the power of focus too. You mentioned a, a deal you passed up on because it wasn't the bread and butter that you were really focusing on, uh, and the types of deal you were looking to do, even though it, 
it could be, it would be a good deal in the right person's hands with their, you know, right business, things like that. But if you're focused on what your, you know, prime directive is and not getting distracted, I think that is very important. And, you know, there's a lot of information out there about successful people saying how their ability to, to say no to things is actually one of their biggest strengths is I said no to all these other things that could have been big. And I focused on what my thing was. And I, I think that's a truly a, a superpower here in, in the real estate world. Get, we get FOMO a lot of times and we're like, oh, we missed out on that. And, you know, unit count and, you know, how much a unit costs. But if you don't really know that, you don't really know if you're getting it much better than replacement value or there's many, there's so many things. It's such, so complex, like uh, so many different variables that, yeah, focus is super, super important. Yeah. I love it. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Ari, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, great. Number one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Well, I bought a 20-unit building for 780 grand. Um, Two-bedroom rents were renting for 550 a unit. We increased it to 850, which was what the market was. Wow. And we eliminated fixed maintenance costs. We had a superintendent there. Um, and basically, we within 1.5 years, one and a half years after uh, buying it, we just got it appraised at 1.4 million. So that was almost doubled the value of it. So that is the, the best investment uh, that we ever made. Wow. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I love it. We had the best investment. Now on the other side of the coin, we go to the worst the investment. Worst. What is the worst investment you, know, you ever made. My first uh, real estate investment, my single, single family home, I really didn't know what I was doing and I was self-managing it and everything. I actually paid somebody $4,000 to clean the ducts um, <laughs> because I thought like allergen free, I thought that would be interesting for tenants. You know, I thought like, wow, this, this is, you know, I've cleaned all the ducts. It's allergen free. Ends up no one really cared. And, uh, I kind of lost $4,000 because they were, I mean, they were not that bad, but they, I was kind of sold on this uh, allergen-free ductwork dust and all this stuff. So I think that was, that was not a very smart investment, but I've got a very nice clean ducts right now for a few years. <laughs> nice. Well, it sounds like you've uh, made the four grand back in other ways too. So that's uh that's great. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? I think it's, uh, it's about finding your, your blue ocean. Um, it's about finding that set, that thing that's, um, there's not as much competition where you're going to be able to differentiate yourself. And I also read a book, Am I Being Too Subtle by Sam Zell. He got into mobile home parks and everyone was like looking down their nose on mobile home parks. Look at the, how mobile home parks are performing nowadays. Like, you got to do those sort of things that people are not going to look at, whether it's got a deal that has a little bit of hair or if it's in a different market that you see the numbers and the macro is really good, but might have just a bad reputation or, um, you know, different sort of asset class that um, people aren't uh, looking at as much or different type, different size. Like what is, what's something where you can, you know, eliminate competition as much as you can, because ultimately that's kind of the, you know, that's how to maximize profitability, right? If you don't have a ton of competition, you don't have to have, you know, you know, lower prices like everyone else. You don't have to compete in, in once you're operating, you know. So, so I think that 
looking at ways to um, differentiate what you're looking at in yourself um, to get away from competition, you're going to have uh, better results in the long term. All right, great. And put pieces in your in Reese's cups. Reese's. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, all right. Thank you for joining us today. If folks want to get in touch, if they want to learn more, where can they find you? So everyone go to capitalrealestate.com slash JV. Uh, I've got a report there that's telling you the difference, you know, between JV and syndication. I think it's really an interesting thing that everyone should explore as part of their, you know, investing uh, experience that they're having, the different things that they're investing in. Again, capitalrealestate.com slash JV. K-A-P-E-L realestate.com slash JV. Nice, nice. Well, appreciate that. Appreciate you bringing these lessons to us today. And I'm looking forward to watching, you know, all the continued success you're going to have, particularly since, you know, I grew up in that area. You just bought a property in the town where my parents lived right before I was born. So, and right up the street. So in the house, from the house that they lived in. So it's going to be a lot of fun to continue watching you uh, do all of these deals. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. It helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thanks for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>